Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we're waiting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back after a one-week hiatus. It's time for another Golf Unfiltered podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, Editor-in-Chief over at GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter, at GolfUnfiltered. Like our Facebook fan page, also GolfUnfiltered. We've got an Instagram account. We've got a Vine. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. We're now on Snapchat, so if you like to do the snapping, and you like to peer into the eye, uh, lives and eyes, I guess, of people on Snapchat, you can go find us there as well. We have got a ton of stuff that we could talk about this week, but two main things I want to get to tonight include, well, the first, it was breaking news this morning. Taylor May Golf is up for sale, folks. More specifically, the Adidas Group, who owns TaylorMade Ashworth Clothing, Adams Golf, other small subsidiaries, they are going to be selling off their uh, their golf side of the business. And if you hear some choking behind me, that's my dog that's choking on something. I don't know what it is, but he'll go lay down. But yeah, it's it's happening, folks, and it's official now. TaylorMade has finally, or I should say Adidas has finally come out and said that they're willing and able and hopefully going to sell parts of their golf division. Now, First and foremost, I have to say and give a, a shout out to uh, my buddies over at mygolfspy.com. Uh, you know, Tony Covey's been on the show a couple times, and you know these guys have been saying this stuff for months. And it's funny because Tony actually went on Twitter uh, earlier today and said, you know, basically we've been saying this for a few months, and we just kept getting these, you know, whatever, however he put it, uh, from TaylorMade saying that you've been grossly misinformed or something of that nature, but. Of course, you know, that wasn't the case, and, and here we are. So uh, the, the story's everywhere on the internet. You can look it up, you know, on Golf Digest, like I have up on my screen here. You can look it up anywhere else. But basically, uh, the CEO of Adidas Group, uh, Herbert Hayner, I hope I'm saying his last name right, uh, he came out with a, with a uh, statement earlier today. I'm going to read it here in a minute. Basically saying that, you know, hey, we still believe that the TaylorMade brand is – Highly viable, which is exactly what he says in the first sentence. TaylorMade is a very viable business. Uh, and hell, I'll just go in and read it. However, we decided that now is the time to focus even more on our core strength in the athletic footwear and apparel market. So just a quick pause there. Adidas Golf is a, another subset of the Adidas group in general. And they're going to apparently in this, according to the statement, they're going to keep that portion of the business, and that just deals primarily with the golf shoes, you know, some pieces of golf apparel, nothing on the equipment side. The equipment side is taken up mostly by TaylorMade Adams and, and a few others. So let's go back to uh, Mr. Herbert's 
quote here, with its leadership position in the industry and the turnaround plan gaining traction, which is clearly reflected in the top and bottom line improvements recorded in quarter one, as well as recent market share gains, which I'm not quite sure if that's the case, but hey, you know, we'll take his, uh, his word for it. Uh, I am convinced that TaylorMade offers attractive growth opportunities in the future. And then he goes on to say a few other things uh, regarding, you know, the Adidas and Reebok brands wanting to continue uh, to win loyalty to those brands with, I assume he means other people, uh, other athletes in golf as well as other sports. So a couple things here, you know, first and foremost, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, if you remember, I believe it was, oh God, I don't even know how long ago now. I, did, I need to look back at uh, how long ago it was that uh, Tony from my golf spy was on this very podcast. Um, we commented a little bit back and forth uh, when news of a potential sale of TaylorMade, Adams, Ashworth, and others uh, was uh, was swirling. They were they were swirling around. One of the names that came up as a potential buyer was a uh, was a group called the Wanda Group. And for those of you who know who they are, essentially they've made their millions overseas in the uh, Asia Pacific. Uh, in uh, theaters, I uh, movie theaters. So they're huge in the entertainment industry from that perspective. And so it was a little bit of an interesting, uh, I don't know, it was interesting that they were in the, the conversation about a potential, uh, being a potential buyer. But it makes sense because these guys, this group, this Wanda group has a ton of money to throw around based on, you know, obviously the success of that entertainment industry. No idea if they're still in play. I haven't heard anything other than what I had heard months ago when Tony uh, and I discussed. But again, this isn't necessarily a surprise. I think if anyone who has uh, paid attention to what TaylorMade's been doing, even though they are perennial, the, the, the perennial, ugh, an annual <laughs> uh, leader in Metalwoods, uh, drivers, there's some controversy on how they're a leader in that. I'll leave that to another discussion, but essentially they just sell a lot of these drivers because they have more options of drivers and Metalwoods uh, on the market. And everyone knows this. I mean, they, they come out with a new thing every so often, and, and I've kind of, kind of gone back and forth on whether or not I think that's a good idea. You know, the, uh, the process improvement side of me, those of you who know that I do that as part of my job uh, during the day, uh, it's very wasteful. You know, it's overproduction to come out with a new club every few months. It's not something that was typically done uh, and certainly isn't done by other companies. Um, so it was a questionable business model, to say the least. And what you run into is you run into an oversaturation of a certain number of products in a particular category. In this case, it's metal woods. And before too long, you start to kind of cannibalize yourself. You know, overproduction leads to just waste. It leads to uh, excessive inventory. It costs money to store that inventory of product on your shelves. Anyone who runs a golf shop or has worked in a pro shop, I'm preaching to the choir on this. But this is this is the problem that, that TaylorMade found themselves in. You know, Adams Golf to a lesser extent. And now, as time has gone on, it appears that things haven't gotten any better because you still are, if you're a, pro shop owner or head golf pro at a, at a club, you're still stuck with all this excessive inventory. You got to get rid of it. You got to move it because the new shit's coming in. And if you don't get rid of it, that's, you know, it goes against your, your bottom line. People don't like that. 
that's going to hurt sales at the the company level in terms of Adidas Group slash TaylorMade. So when I say that this isn't a surprise, I mean the writing's been on the wall for a while. I don't know what a potential buyer would be able to do other than a complete overhaul of the business model that this brand has used for the betterment of, I don't know, better half of two years now? Two or three years, I'd have to say? Maybe less? Somebody keep me honest on that? But it's going to take something like that, just a complete business overhaul, business plan overhaul, to get them, uh, at least the brand, back into the green or the black. I'm not an accountant, whatever. <laughs> but what was interesting is when this news broke earlier today, and every obviously golf writer types like myself and all my buddies in the Twitterverse jump onto Twitter and they start talking about this stuff. One of the th- questions that comes up is, what about all the pros that are sponsored by TaylorMade slash Adidas? What, what's going to happen with them? Well, obviously, Jason Day is the biggest name on that sponsorship or under that sponsorship umbrella. Number one player in the world. He's got a lot of th- stuff going for him. He's a huge hot ticket right now. Next to Jordan Spieth, who's under Under Armour slash Titleist. And, of course, Rory McIlroy under Nike. Tiger's still there from just a pure name recognition brand standpoint, but certainly the three top players are the three top players in the world. Uh, so, with Jason Day, uh, well, at any rate, the, the people on Twitter started going back and forth with, okay, well, this person's going to go to this brand, this person makes sense to go with this other one, you know, trying to see where these people would go. And, and for pro wrestling fans out there, it's very similar to the talk of, like, a stable. <laughs> you know, we've joked about this in the past, uh, but, you know, it's like, uh, the PXG uh, is the new NWO of, of the golf OEM uh, atmosphere. But at any rate, uh, who, where are these guys going to land? Jason Day, it's gonna, he's going to come with a big price tag in order to, to agree to be sponsored by whatever company. You know, you have to start thinking about what brands have that type of coin to throw around. Obviously, PXG has it. Uh, you know, Bob Parsons over there, he's got all the money in the world, and he's going to be able to throw it at anybody he wants to, and he has already. It's just a matter of winning over those those uh, players to equipment that they feel will truly perform under pressure. He's won over a few folks already. He's got Zach Johnson as probably the biggest name under his stable, followed by you know Chris Kirk, um, Charles Howell III, uh, good old Rocco Mediate, <laughs> and there's a slew of other players that fall on it. Ryan Moore is another one. Um, and so he's got a lot of cash and he's really hurting. At least that brand is really hurting for a huge name. Zach Johnson, certainly a two time major winner, but a huge name to really bring that brand into the next, uh, level, I guess the hypothetical level. Got to take it to the next level, bro. And Jason Day might be that person. He's got to like the equipment though. But from what I've heard, the equipment's great. So we'll see. I personally believe that. He'll, he, he could fit nicely in with Titleist, but as somebody on Twitter pointed out to me, Titleist doesn't really have to do that. They're all about the golf ball. They're all about that Pro V1, man. They've got their poster boy in Jordan Spieth already. They had Tiger in his early years, but that went he went, you know, obviously to Nike. So Jason Day at Titleist, I don't know. You know, I don't think I don't see it happening. I, 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 I'm, I've been talked out of it. I don't see him going to Nike. I don't think he's that type of player that fits the image that Nike's trying to project at this point. Yes, he's young. He's under 30. 
He's strong. He's athletic. He's, you know, got that persona and the charisma that a brand like Nike uh, likes to hold on to and, and bring people under their umbrella who have those qualities. But I just don't see it. I see him maybe going the way of a maybe a Cobra. Joining Ricky Fowler in that stable, Bryson DeChambeau, they got a lot of good things going for him. And they're, as far as an equipment standpoint, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many people who test equipment, Cobra's got some great metalwoods these days. Now, he's got to play other irons, of course, but they've got money. They're moving in the right direction. Wouldn't be surprised to see Jason Day end up in, in Cobra slash Puma because, you know, that's a package deal. But then, of course, there's other players. Dustin Johnson. Well, I think everyone would agree that he's a good fit for Nike. You know, athlete Dustin Johnson. Go the way of, you know, a Brooks Kepka. You know, others who have a Tony Finau, others who have jumped on to, uh, to Nike. Callaway, that's another option for, for Jason Day, I would say. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily see them wanting to put in that type of, I don't know, what's the word I want to look for? I, effort's the wrong word, but uh, investment, perhaps, in that in that uh, in Jason Day. They've got Phil, they've got Patrick Reed, they've got a slew of other great talent under their umbrella right now. They've got the hottest golfer in the world, uh, Lydia Ko. So, uh, you know, do they really need this extra name? I mean, obviously it would help the brand. It could, wouldn't hurt it, but... I don't know if it's a good fit. I see someone like Sergio Garcia maybe going to Callaway. I see uh, uh, perhaps even Sergio, who's also currently under the TaylorMade brand, going to Mizuno. Maybe he goes to, to Cobra Puma. You know, I don't know. I don't see him going to Nike. So, you know, there's all of this talk about where these guys are going to land because their contracts are coming up. Uh, I believe... Dustin Johnson is signed until next year. I think Jason Day and Sergio and Justin Rose are due are, are up. Their contracts are up this year. Again, someone keep me honest on that. Speaking of Justin Rose, I see him going probably the Callaway route. I don't necessarily see him, you know, going with Titleist or you know, I, I just don't see that. And and I'm, I'm making all of these predictions based solely on personalities, you know, and I'm, I'm painfully aware that I'm doing that, and it's probably the least scientific way to do it. But, you know, you gotta, you have to consider these things from a brand perspective. You have to consider the people that you want representing you, and not just where they fall on the world golf ranking. Granted, all these guys are huge players. I don't know. We'll see. So there's going to be some interesting times ahead for TaylorMade, the brand. Uh, it's going to be interesting with Adams Golf. Frankly, I think they're done. I mean, why keep that small subset of a company slash name alive? I, I, I see no benefit in doing that. If anything, it confuses consumers. I know that recently Adams Golf wanted to go to uh, try to appeal to the higher handicap golfers with, uh, I believe it was their blue line was the name of their their club line that came out that appeals specifically to that group. I just don't see the point. You can do the same thing with, with any other brand. Uh, there's no reason to have a subset of it. It just seemed like just an excuse to keep the name alive. A name that doesn't have a lot of legacy or history behind it in terms of winners or anything of that nature. So, you know, I'm, I'm not 
100% sold on that. But exciting times indeed. If you're a fan of uh, you know golf equipment, if you're if you follow that that thread, if you're a fan of original equipment manufacturers, which is what OEM stands for, we'll see what happens. And the second thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, because I'm sure we'll revisit this tailor-made sale as time goes on. The second thing I wanted to talk about was our good friend Tiger. Yes, I know I've already been on his case and other people's cases for still talking about this guy, even though he hasn't played golf forever. But he's coming around. He's hitting golf balls now. He's playing golf holes. He's running golf clinics at certain golf courses, Blue Jack and others. And his return to golf is imminent. He's, he's going to return to golf in 2016. When that happens is up for debate. A couple days ago, I wrote a piece for thegolfnewsnet.com. And basically, I was just weighing the, the likelihood of hypotheticals regarding Tiger's return. Because we're all thinking about it. Even though we sit here and we say it and we, wanna, we don't want to talk about Tiger Woods anymore, we don't want to write about him anymore if you're a, a writer... He still moves the needle. There's no way around it. You have to talk about the guy because he, he, he drives interest to the game. He's held the game in the palms of his hands for over 20 years. And that isn't the case as much anymore, but he still, like I said, drives the needle. So some of the hypotheticals that I, that I brought up, and just a quick background rundown of where we are right now in the world of Big Cat. He's made accommodations for both the Players' Championship and the Memorial Tournament. What that means is he probably booked a hotel room, he's gotten travel arrangements lined up, he's made plans in the event that he decides to play in either of those two tournaments, which we'll get to in a minute. He's also registered for the U.S. Open. There's not a lot that goes behind that. You have to get your registration requests or whatever. You have to register uh, by a certain date uh, in order to play in the event, so that's what he did. There's no harm in that. doesn't necessarily mean anything that he's actually going to play. If he wanted to, he had to register. The guy's 40 years old now, for the big 4-0. He's had multiple back surgeries, as we know, two dating back to September. He's had more prior to that. And, of course, he's had surgeries on his knees. He's had, you know, all sorts of different things. So what can we realistically expect from Tiger Woods at this point when he does return to golf. So, as I outlined in the article, and again, I recommend that you go out and read it over at thegolfnewsnet.com. It's on the front page over there. It's increasingly likely that Tiger's going to return at the Memorial. The Memorial takes place after the players. And so, it's, it's going to probably be in his favor to come back a little bit later than the players, but I don't want to jump ahead. Why the memorial? Well, he's had a huge amount of success. I mean, really, that's the main thing. The guys won the memorial, or at least uh, Muirfield Village, five times. He's won it five times. He's going to a comfortable course. He's never missed the cut at the memorial, which is amazing, especially at this point. He's only had more success at a handful of other places. Bay Hill, where he won eight times, home of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Akron, meaning Firestone Country Club, 
the Bridgestone Invitational, WGC event, a lot of notoriety. He's won that seven times. And I'm sorry, he's won that also eight times. I need to get my shit together. But it's, it's, there's other venues that he's won more at, but at this stage in the game, at this stage in the season, beginning of June, end of May, Memorial seems like it makes a lot of sense. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is the players, and we've mentioned this. TPC Sawgrass, a place that he's won at twice. He's won it in 2001, 2013. We all remember the, the excitement from uh, three years ago. But other than that, he hasn't had a lot of success at TPC Sawgrass. Why come back and play? Well, really, this is the bigger issue. The players is only a couple weeks away. Last we heard from any reports that you follow, Tigers only played up to about five holes that anyone can account for. And Steve Elling, actually, on Twitter a few days ago, said that his sources, whoever they are, said that those five holes were pretty rough. Tiger was snap-hooking drives, hitting everything left, which, for those of you who have dealt with back issues in the past, know that that's typically your miss. You're going to overcompensate some way in your swing, and you're going to hit the ball left, especially if you're a good player. Obviously, Tiger Woods falls under that category, although that would be argued uh, argued at this point. Uh, But anyway, I don't see him coming back in two weeks. He would have to be in competitive golf form and perform at that level at a tournament that's widely considered to be the fifth major. Makes no sense. Why come back then? Makes absolutely no sense. So that's why I feel that the Memorial makes much more sense and is therefore he's much more likely to return beginning of June. Now, does he make the cut at his next tournament, whatever that is? Let's assume it's the Memorial. I, I think it's likely especially if he returns at the Memorial for all the reasons that I specified earlier. But he's going to have to keep his back and his his knees and everything's got to be in tip-top shape to get him through 36 consecutive competitive holes. The reason I say consecutive is because, let's face it, he might have a good stretch to begin on Thursday of that week, Come Friday, come around holes 28, 29, 30 of competition, he might fall apart. Certainly has done so in recent attempts during most recent comebacks. And what is he on now, the fourth comeback? So uh, that being said, though, if he can just get it around the course, he's very familiar with it, he's had a lot of success, he can probably get through 36 holes and make the cut. That would be a win for him. And I think that's likely. I don't think that's asking a whole lot considering the situation. Now, that brings into a whole nother conversation of Tiger picking his spots for the remainder of the year. This is an extremely unique year in terms of the PGA Tour schedule. In about 108 days, I think, there's a stretch that can, that includes the Players, the British Open, the uh, PGA Championship, the Ryder Cup, the Olympics. You know, it just goes on and on and on, not to forget about the FedEx Cup playoffs. 
So will Tiger play more than five times this year? I went with moderately likely, and here's why. So if he returns back, if he returns, uh, if he returns at the Memorial, he'll have played that. In June alone, we've got the U.S. Open from the 13th to the 19th. We've got the Quicken Loans National, which is Tiger's event at Congressional at the end of June. In July, we've got the Greenbrier, followed by the Open Championship, and then just, I think it's like 40 days later, maybe less than that, we've got the PGA Championship. Somewhere in there, I mean, he could play any of those courses. He has played any of those events in the past. Let's just assume that he plays Memorial, that's one. He comes back, he plays both of the majors, the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. Oh, I'm sorry, there's three majors, and the British. That's already at four. And we're talking about the end of the year-ish right now in terms of available events post that time. Does he play the Quicken Loans National? You have to suspect that he wants to. He's the host. So that's the fifth does he also play the Greenbrier? I, I don't know. That, that seems like a lot of golf in a very short amount of time for a guy that's coming off of so many surgeries. Someone who hasn't played in months. It doesn't seem wise to me. My opinion, he's best served sticking to the final three majors, playing the Quicken Loans, playing the Memorial, like I said, and maybe the Wyndham Championship again at the end of the year. He played well in it last year. It was one of his last tournaments before going on the shelf. I think he finished, what, top 15, if I remember right? I don't have it in front of me. And it's a course that he has, it's an event that he hasn't played at often. I think last year was the first time he ever did. And he played well. I mean, at this point in his career, he's going to have to consider these other tournaments. Hell, is the John Deere in play I mean, at this point? I don't know. We'd love to have him in Sildes, Illinois. I don't know why I say we. I've never been there a day in my life. But, hey, it'd be great if he played one of these quote-unquote off events. Why not? If the goal is to get competitive rounds under your belt at this point, do it. Go and play these events. Of course, that would assume that the goal is to get competitive rounds under your belt at this point. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes and plays three majors and that's it. I've been saying that for years. Why not just play the majors? The hell else do you got to lose? I know there's sponsorship uh, requirements and all that jazz, but, I mean, who cares at this point? You're 40 years old. You've got the back of an 80-year-old. You probably got what? five more years if you're lucky that's 20 events that you play less than that actually nah, I don't know so then the question comes up of course he's made the cut he's probably going to make a cut depending on when he comes back at his first tournament he might play five or more I think five, it's really five or less does he win a tournament in 2016 I, I'm going to go with unlikely there can't be a way, right? I mean, there's there's no way that Tiger Woods comes back in 2016 and wins a PGA Tour event. The words coming out of my mouth, just it, it, it sounds weird saying that about the greatest golfer of our generation, but he isn't that anymore. Yes, he's the same guy, but he's not that same player. He doesn't have the same body anymore. 
as he did in his peak years. So, does he win? No, I don't think he does, unless he plays some of these off events again. Why not play the John Deere? He's got a chance. You're going to have to compete with Steve Stricker and Jordan Spieth. Who else is there? Does Zach Johnson go? I think he does. Fine. There's three guys there that you have to beat in order to win that tournament, which is a huge ask at this point for Tiger Woods. But you've also got the Travelers Championship. Go out to Connecticut. Go out and beat Bubba at the Travelers Championship. I mean, that they would love to have you over there. I'm sure of it. And then, of course, the Wyndham. We've already said this a few times. He seemed to enjoy it. They'd love to have him back. It's another great way to get a potential win under your belt if that's what your goal is this year. And if we believe anything that Tiger Woods has ever said from a golf perspective in his life, he never competes in a tournament that he doesn't feel he can't win. So, I think it's going to take that in order for him to do it. Now, if he does that, and you know what? I don't even think it's possible at this point. I haven't done the math on this. Somebody, again, this is the third time, keep me honest on this. I think it's mathematically impossible for him to qualify for the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I've got that as a highly unlikely slash impossible. I, I don't even think it could happen. I think he'd have to win a major or two. He'd have to certainly win more than once in order to pass all the people that are above him to get into that top 125. I just don't see it happening. And even less likely than that is him winning a major. I mean, but this is not a great major year for Tiger Woods. We've got Oakmont, the U.S. Open. He did finish tied for second in 2007. That's when uh, Angel Cabrera, El Pato, won uh, his, his Open. And then we've got Royal Troon for the, uh, for the British. Tiger's got the course record there, along with Greg Norman, 64. But that was back in 1997. <laughs> that was 20 years ago, which is crazy to think about. So, other than that, he hasn't really played much at that course that I'm aware of, certainly not competitively. And then everything gets round, rounded up at uh, Baltusrol. He tied for fourth in 2005. Phil Mickelson won that one. They don't have many other tournaments for PGA Tour players at, at that course. So, I don't know. I'm not seeing anything that's worthwhile or anything that shows me, at least, that he's got any chance, even the most minuscule chance, of winning a major. And, I mean, I don't care if they were all at St. Andrews. I mean, at this point, you can't expect that from, from Big Cat. So... It's important, and we've said this a few times on the podcast, it's important to keep our expectations realistic for this guy. I mean, I know, let's face it, folks. I mean, he's going to come back. He's going to be the biggest story of that week. Everyone's going to be writing about him. You're going to see it all over Twitter. If you don't want to see it, then I would recommend staying away from social media for a while, that week at least. But we have to, we have to write about it. We have to talk about it. It's a story. But... Let's be fair to ourselves at the very least. Screw Tiger, you know, whatever. Let's be fair to ourselves and not expect anything monumental out of this guy. I mean, everything at this point is just icing on the cake. He said it himself at a press conference recently. This is all just icing on the cake. I am not going to be surprised if he never wins again. I think he does, one or two, but no. 
Jack's record completely out of the out of the picture. None of that's going to happen. But let's enjoy the time that we got with this guy. If and when he returns this year. Because quite frankly, he said it all along. He's not going to play at the, the PGA Tour or the PGA Champions Tour. He's not that type of guy. So we got probably, like I said, five years left if we're lucky of watching. Still, I mean, he's Tiger Woods. We got that much time to at least watch him. And you know he's going to be all over television. No matter how poorly he does. Perhaps even more if he continues to play poorly. So, at any rate, that's going to be our show for this week. It's short and sweet. Uh, Do me a favor. Go out to iTunes and rate the podcast. You know, it's one of the best ways that you can help us out at Golf Unfiltered. Um, It helps boost us up a little bit on the recommended podcast list. I don't know how that algorithm works, but the more five-star reviews we get, the more uh, written reviews that you provide, the more we get bumped up, and that would really help us out. As always, you can listen to us on the Golf News Net Radio Network. We are still in partnership with our buddies over there. Be sure to check them out and all the great content that's going up there. They've got great fantasy golf resources. I, I played fantasy golf, uh, fantasy golf uh, for a little while, as you all know, but I've since given that up. I wasn't any good at it. So sorry to anybody that followed my, uh, my, my advice, I guess, in air quotes, uh, for, for uh, Daily Fantasy. But uh, GNN has got a great resource over there. And, and take a look at... Uh, they offer a premium service as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't get a kickback at all for, for recommending that. But, you know, Ryan over there does a great job. And uh, it would be silly if you're a golf fan who likes to consume content uh, with your eyeballs, meaning you like to read it and you like the blogging and you like listening to uh, podcasts like this one and you like watching videos. They do a great job over there. Consider... GNN Plus. Other than that, uh, we're going to be back next week. Next week's going to be a little hit and miss with me. Um, We purchased a home. (laughs) Me and the old lady purchased a home. Uh, So we have our closing next week. So I'm not sure when I'll be able to actually record a podcast, but at some point I will. We're going to try to get a guest lined up for you. I know it's been a little, uh, we've been a little lax on getting guests, but hey, I like talking with you. I like having the opportunity to just kind of open up speak one-on-one with you all through your earbuds or through your car stereo, however you listen to this. Um, Tell your friends. Let's get as many people as we can. uh, And let's make this social. We want to hear from you. Email me, adam at golfandfilter.com. Let me know what you think of the show, what you think of the site, anything that we can do to improve. We definitely want to hear it. Or if you just want to BS about golf. I get a lot of emails during the day, and a lot of them I don't want to get. I would love to get the ones talking about golf. Feel free to shoot me an email. I mean that sincerely. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered. Find us on Facebook with the Golf Unfiltered Facebook fan page. So until next week, this is your buddy signing off. <laughs>